Ethan, mute that television. Put down that fork because we're doing a podcast. There's only a few things that would get me to not start a podcast right after the national championship with talking about said national championship. And no, it is not Mississippi State up 11 over Tennessee in the hump right now in college basketball. It is that they are throwing toilet paper on the tumors trees in Auburn, Alabama. Why? Because Nick Saban has retired people. Seven national championships, six with Alabama. A winning record that I don't even know exactly, but I don't even want to look at because I know Arkansas will never have a chance of having anything that's attainable to that ever. Cade, when I say Nick Saban, what comes to mind? Greatest college coach of all time. I I think it's it's hard to argue anything else. Early two or late two thousands, early twenty tens, people were still like, "Oh, can he can he top Bear Bryant?" You know, that was kind of always the thing that I've I've heard. And yeah, yeah, he he definitely has. You, you see all the great coaches now. It seems like they've somewhat been influenced by him, either directly or indirectly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is. It's Nick Saban, honey. What about you? When you think about Nick Saban. I'm sorry, honey, you're gonna have to go again. <laughs> honey, honey, we, we had somebody knock on the door. No worries. What was, what was that? I'm still confused. <laughs> That's um, to do. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh he's someone who's influenced the world of football, both college and NFL. So I mean there's such so many people that have been assistant coaches under him and have learned from him. So he's just he's had influence everywhere. So I mean, someone that's a legend and will never be forgotten in the world of football. Here's my relationship to Nick Saban. I have never seen him lose to a team that I root for in my entire life. How sad is that? Every he's the bane of my existence in many ways. We can never get over the hump. I think Arkansas beat him in 2002, 2003, somewhere around there. But I was. I had no concept of football at that point in my life. I could barely walk. And so I have never seen Nick Saban lose to an Arkansas Razorback football team. How is that, man? What, what kind of what life is that? Ethan, talk about this for a second. It's kind of crazy. You know, Nick Saban, he has owned the Arkansas Razorbacks he the really entire has. time. I've watched the Arkansas Razorbacks. It's one of those things where it's like, it's going to feel weird. You know, I don't expect Arkansas to be beating Alabama regardless who's the coach. It's going to be weird not looking over there and seeing it being Saban who's beating you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I've never once thought that Arkansas was going to beat Alabama in a, in a year. <laughs> Always the heavy underdogs. I think there's been one time in a game against Alabama where I – it's twice that it felt like there's a chance. And that would be the, the game that Arkansas lost by one because of in like 20 – 13 or whatever in Fayetteville because they're like a mixed, a mixed extra point or something. And then that one game with, you know, whenever Ryan Mount was there and the Hogs kind of kind of blew that one. Um, those are the only two instances I can even remember, like, where you felt like Arkansas had a, like a real shot. That's just dominance right there, man. And as always, we got to follow the real estate. He did buy land on an island over the, over the offseason this past year. So you got to think, hmm, maybe he was going to retire. Cade, you had a short list for coaches you think might be next at Alabama. Who do you think is going to be on that list potentially? Well, a lot of people were saying Dan Lanning, who I had that on mine. But I think if I was going to go in order, I would say Lane Kiffin, 
Kalen DeBoer, Dan Lanning, Brian Kelly, Dabba Sweeney. I think Sweeney would make a ton of sense being an Alabama grad, except for, I don't know, I feel like people don't like his approach to the transfer portal, and I think that hurts him. Everything else I think is perfect. And honestly, it probably wouldn't even be bad if he did get hired by Bama because they can get their best high school players anyway. But yeah, I think Kiffin makes sense. Because I feel like one thing that made saving great is he adapted to every era of college football. Like there's kind of an inf- there's like an infamous interview where, where they're kind of changing the rules and it's for spread offenses and stuff. I think it was maybe after he lost to Hugh Freeze and he's basically like, is this what you want college football to become? And then he just got better at it than everyone else. And I feel like Kiffin, not that he can adapt like Saban, but he is like perfect for this era of college football, transfer portal, NIL. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the world is not going to be prepared for a Lane Kiffin-led Alabama football team and how good that team can be because he's going to have all the all the recruits that he – he doesn't have all the talent at Ole Miss, but he's going to have all the talent at Alabama. He's going to have all the resources in the world. And he's honestly one of the best offensive minds in the game. And his players seem to love him is the thing. And so I, I honestly th- – I'm with you, Kate. I, I think that is that is the move. But you never know. You know, you would have thought, you know, four, I would say four years ago, Dabo Sweeney would have been the guy. He was having some great seasons at Clemson. But you're right. He has not adapted to change like some of these other guys have. And like Nick Saban has, I mean, you hit it right on the head. He has adapted with every single era of college football, and he's been able to change and be successful. Nick Saban, guys, <clears throat> this news today, I it'll be news like, you know, some of it that hits, some news that hits you, and you don't ever forget kind of where you were because it's kind of surreal. It's like talked a lot about, you know, in recent years, like, oh, when will Nick Saban hang it up? But it's kind of always just been theoretical. Whenever you actually see that Chris Lowe news bomb at 4 p.m., you remember where you're sitting. You got the Chris Lowe news bomb? Oh, uh, Chris Lowe was all over it, guys. Yeah, that was kind of the main guy you got it from. Yeah. <laughs> I got it from Brett McMurphy myself. I think Chris Lowe had it first. I think you're right. He had the scoops. Pete Thamel wasn't able to get on the scoop there? Man. Hey, do you guys remember that guy that poisoned the tumors trees years ago, that Alabama fan? Remember him? And he he went on Paul Feinbaum and basically confessed to the crime. Didn't think it was a crime, I guess. But he said, yeah, I went down there and I poisoned the tumors trees. And Paul Feinbaum was just like, "You seriously? He's like, yeah. And then it turns out he did. Served jail time and everything. And then he apologized on the Paul Feinbaum show later. And he said at the end of uh, his apology, he goes, I know I, I got to say this, Paul. I know it's going to make some people mad, but I got to say it anyway. Because he says this after every call-in. He said, roll damn tide. That man is in mourning. Tuscaloosa is in mourning. But Auburn, Alabama, they are having a ball right now. And so are we in Fayetteville. It's like uh, the eye of Sauron falling after the ring falls into the the fires of Mountain Doom. If I can do a Lord of the Rings analogy. Honey, I saw you shake your head there. I just uh, The fact that I understood that. Uh... Hey, you go to UBC. You should You should understand that. National championship talk, Michigan handled Washington. A little close on the scoreboard, but I was watching that game, and the eye test said it was really never close. Ethan, what's your uh, analysis of that game? It was boring. It wasn't the most entertaining football game. I'll give you that. After all the beautiful games we've been treated to, just kind of a dud. 
I mean, it was 20 to 13 for a long time in that game. And then it ended up being 34, 13 Michigan. Did anybody uh, ever actually feel during that game though, that Washington was going to win? Cade. I thought they had a shot. I think in the third quarter, they were within seven points. So, yeah, there was a there was a missed hold call on a Michigan touchdown that kind of shifted things a little bit. There, I feel like there were several missed holding calls on Michigan. I don't know if it would have changed the outcome. Obviously, I'm not saying that. I don't understand how Washington's offensive line won the Joe Moore Award because they did not look very good, and Michigan's O line looked really good. Well, I think it just it's as easy as they have not faced a defense as good as Michigan's. I mean, Michigan was dominant. Those players were injured by the end of that game. Michael Penix was holding his left side for literally like the entire fourth quarter, just trying to survive out there. I mean, it was, it was pure domination on that from the Michigan defense. And I'm not going to say the talent is less than in the PAC 12, because it was a good conference this year, but I just don't think, Washington was ready for the physicality of Michigan, if that makes sense. But it was a good game. Shout out to Jim Harbaugh and the boys. They got it done. We'll see what happens with Jim. And honestly, we'll just see what happens with the Michigan Wolverines in the next couple of years, if there's going to be any sort of NCAA suspension or anything like that. And we'll see if Jim Harbaugh stays around for that. We know he loves football, and we know he loves Michigan. But does he love them enough to stay? That is the question. Any final thoughts on the national championship, guys? I feel like, you know, it was it was it was a good game, right? It was fun, but it was like, eh, you know, it's over now. It's just thought glad it wasn't a repeat of uh last year. So I thought it was headed in that direction. It was a little better than that. TCU got manhandled by Georgia last year, and it was a little bit better than that. A lot of media conglomerates, ESPN, one of them. Not saying we're a media conglomerate, but a lot of them, they have their way too early top 25 as they go into uh, the next season, really into the the postseason, or excuse me, the off season. And we're not going to do that because we appreciate mediocrity here at the Bad Take Podcast. So I want everybody to give me their way too early 50 through 46, and please tell me you've come prepared because I'm about to just shout at people. <laughs> to give me their 50 through 46. Cade, we'll start with you. Cade, first off, time out. I'll edit this out. Is your hand okay? It looks shiny. <laughs> I uh, My hands get really dry in the winter, and I put Vaseline on them. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, and I got a little worried. But the, So you've written out your 50 through 46 for me. I have. Do you want me to go with just one of them right now? Nah, or just get, give them all to me right now, and you can do a little bit of analysis if you want. All right, I'm going number 46. I'm going Northwestern. Great year at Northwestern this year. I think, you know, they're going to be a pretty good team. The Big Ten's really tough, so I wouldn't expect them to be in the top of the league or anything, but solid, average, Power 5 team. Number 47, I'm going Boise State. They just got a big quarterback commit. Should be one of the better teams in the Mountain West. New head coach. I guess he was like the interim this year, but won a conference title. All right, they'll be good. UCF just signed like the second best class in Big 12. KJ Jefferson will be assuming the starting quarterback next year. Should be competitive in the Big 12. 49 going Wake Forest. They're always 
pretty good for their talent level. Good coaching by Dave Clawson. And then 50, I'm going Tulane. Just hired John Summerall. Also, they picked up a pretty good quarterback in the portal. Should be one of the better teams in the American. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Ethan, what do you got for me? At number 46. Sure. We're starting at 46. You you start wherever you well, want. I'm just asking. It's 46 to 50. Yeah, 46 to number 50. Number 46, Rutgers. Oh, that's a good one. The Scarlet Knights are just ready to keep the momentum rolling. They're and, ready to be the 46th and best And by team. momentum, I mean being number 46. Exactly. Number 47. <laughs> Give me a drum roll, please. <laughs> Iowa State. Ooh, Matt Campbell. Is he going to be on the hot seat at number 47? It's a new look Big 12, but you know who isn't new to it? Who? Iowa State. That's <laughs> true. But they're still going to be mid. They've, they've been there before. They know what's going on in that conference. At number 48, give me the Cow Bears. That's not what a bear sounds like. <laughs> Grr. That's a little bit better. At number 49, we're going to go a little mid-majory. Fresno State. Ooh. Hey, don't sleep on the Bulldogs. Bow wow, bow wow, the running Bulldogs. And who's 50? And at number 50, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Wow, there we go. Next year with Mr. Levy, by being the number 50 team, I'm going to give you a little more insight. I think that makes them the number 14 team in the uh, in the new 16-team SEC. Hey, they're beating two people out. We'll see who it is. Honey, can you give us your way too early 46 through 50? Yes, some repeats in here. Um, at number 46, I have Northwestern. And 47, I have Wyoming. There we go. 48, Colorado. Oh, a little lower than maybe some people have them. Yeah, I don't. I still don't think they'll have as – I think they'll have a decent season with the conference switch, but – That's a bowl yeah. team, though, at 48. Yeah, team, yeah. Um, and then that was 48. So 49 would be Duke with uh, having to find a new quarterback. Figuring it, and I think they just hired a new coach. And they're gonna, they lost Mike Elko to A&M. Yes. And man. so that's – yeah. They're going to have a little bit of a, of a fallback. And then 50. 50, I had UCF with uh, KJ being there. Man, you guys, you're interested in the Golden Knights. How are they going to do in the Big 12? But I, I do expect KJ Jefferson to have a better season than he did this year at Arkansas. I think that's I think that's fair to say. All right, guys, I'm going to give you my 46 through 50. Way too early, I know. Uh, at number 46, Virginia Tech, the Hokies. Uh, you could expect them to upset at least one top 25 team when they're at home. Is it? Are they the ones that do Inner Sandman by Metallica? Yes. Well, when that one's going and having a crazy time, uh, you can expect the Hokies to get a win. And then, hey, great minds think alike, number 47, Boise State. I mean, they just screamed the 47th best team in the nation to me. And then, hey, guys, hear me out here. And this is going to be a win by a wide margin for this team. This team's going to be happy with this. Clark Lee and the Vanderbilt Commodores, 48, the 48th best team in the country. And then, hey, you know who's 49? A Big 12 team, BYU. BYU is going to be somewhere in there. 
Probably 49. And then at 50, I have Maryland. And is the Tungavailoa kid still going to be there next year? Talia Tungavailoa? No. I don't know. Maybe. But regardless, Maryland screams the 50th best team in the country. So that's all I got for you. We're going to go into some off-season stuff here at the the Bad Take podcast. What? Hold on. What is it called? The Bad Take podcast? Am yeah, I, am I blanking on what this thing is called? It's no longer presented by Denver at Sports. The Bad Take podcast presented by Sports. Yeah, but if you search it on Google, it's the Bad Take Podcast. Speaking of which, hey, shout out to our listeners in New Zealand and Russia. Shout out to Moscow and Auckland, of all places. Wow. <laughs> Appreciate y'all listening over there. But uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do some, a few different things. So we hope you stay with us. We're going to have some fun with a, a few different options that we're going to go with. We will talk basketball. So, honey, put your hoops hat back on. Yeah, I'm ready. I can't wait till we do our uh, our March Madness analysis. We'll we'll do a bracket live on air, but everybody has to do the same bracket, and so it's, <laughs> we're gonna have to vote on each on each oh, list. Like, how will we reach a consensus with four of us on some? Of we're these? gonna have to we're gonna have to bring in a a dead ringer for. I think we'll just make Honey's vote always be a tiebreaking vote, <laughs> it's but it's still when she has two votes. Yeah. Honey is whatever honey that works. Um, but what are we doing right now? Uh, well, we're gonna. What, what do you mean, like right now? You said we're about to. You were setting us up for something that here on the podcast. Oh, I just mean like in the coming weeks. Kate, what are you watching right now? Uh, I'm actually watching Liberty basketball. Oh my goodness! I'll tell you this: I'm watching Mississippi State Tennessee basketball. <laughs> Can I that's... tell you something that's gonna make me really sad? Sure. So. In my time at Liberty, we were in the A-Sun. And in the A-Sun, Liberty never lost more than three conference games, and we won, like, four straight regular season titles. Joined Conference USA this year, and looks – we're about – we're probably going to lose this game. We're down, like, nine with four minutes left. But we'll see what happens. But we're about to be, like, 0-2. You can't start conference play like that. Uh, it's a darn shame. Arkansas might be in the same boat, guys. They're not looking too good. Uh, Ethan, you fully expect them to go 0-2 tonight, right? I think they can win tonight. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I think they honestly will bounce back. Honey, what's your analysis? I hope they bounce back. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> it, has, it hasn't looked too good. And starting off, I mean, at home with a loss doesn't look good. So. All logic tells me to not pick them to win tonight. But for, I just have a weird feeling they, for some reason, do. Also... They're one of they're one of two teams that have yet to play a true road game this season. So we'll see how they handle the the hostile Stegman Coliseum. Dude, people go into Stegman and they come out losers a lot of times. And so tonight, hopefully, is different. Is that true? Um, I thought Georgia basketball was bad. It's not great. Not this year, though, they're decent. They have a better record than we do at this, at this point. So. Yeah, okay, we're grading on a curve here, buddy. ESPN Bracketology has them listed as – They hired um, the Florida coach like, a couple years ago, right? Was that yeah, last Mike, year? Mike White is now at yeah. Georgia. It was a weird lateral move by him. Actually, not even a lateral. It felt like a little bit of a – I think it's a downgrade, technically, yeah, a downgrade. historically. Because doesn't Florida have two national championships in basketball? 
Yeah. I think he might was about to be fired there, I think, is the deal. He saw the writing on the wall. Um, Georgia is not on the bubble or in the tournament by ESPN, so it could be a game between two teams that don't matter. It's the game of irrelevancy. That's why it's on ESPNU at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. All right, Cade, real quick, though, going back to how Liberty is starting off 0-2 in conference play. But in football, this might just be the price you have to pay because in football they went undefeated, went to the Fiesta Bowl, man. In the words of Enzo yeah. Ferrari – Two objects cannot occupy the same space at the same time. So if you've gotten this far and you're still listening, I want to apologize to Enzo Ferrari because I messed up his quote. Uh, What I said was wrong. What he actually said was two objects cannot occupy the same point in space. So I apologize to Enzo Ferrari. And honestly, more importantly, and probably more accurately, I apologize to Michael Mann and Adam Driver who gave us that performance in the movie Ferrari. And so, appreciate your time. Back to the program. All right. Well, good news for Liberty Football. Caden Salter came back. He came out of the portal. He That's said, huge. yeah. He he said he was leaving, and then he said, never mind. Yeah, so that's why big. that is. Who, who dropped the big NIL check for him, you think? I think like every local business in Lynchburg, Virginia. I heard... <laughs> I heard specifically a car dealership, and he has a new car. But you know what? That's just kind of how it is now. Yeah, so you just got to go with the times, man. Hey, Caden Seltzer's. He's gonna. That's not his name. Caden <laughs> Seltzer's man. Seltzer. <laughs> he's, he's gonna play in a playoff game next year, I think. I hey. hope so. It'd be awesome. We'll see what happens. But uh, <laughs> what is his last name? Salter. Salter. Uh, you said seltzers bro (laughs) hayden seltzers yeah that's not it but um, all right hey everybody have a good one we will talk to you later thank you guys for listening it's been a pleasure i've enjoyed every moment watching and you yelling on the sideline in slow motion as the music plays it's been beautiful Hey, pour out a Diet Coke, or not a Diet Coke, I think he drinks regular Cokes, and a oatmeal cream pie for our brother, and say goodnight to Nick Saban.